Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, I have a very special guest, a good friend by the name of Tom Schwab, who runs a service called Interview Valet. Now, Interview Valet is rather unique in that it's a matchmaking service and that it provides guests for podcasts and provides podcasts for guests. And so what he does is bring the best of the best together in order to make people's podcasts the best and also to give exposure for those who are being on podcasts. Tom, did I summarize that correctly? I think you gave a better explanation than I do. Uh, Our mission is to personally introduce inspiring thought leaders to millions of people that they could serve for the benefit of all. And I remember telling my mom that, and uh, uh, she's 80 years old. And she's like, what does that have to do with podcast interviews? And I said, mom, it's not about podcast interviews. It's about spreading ideas and introducing people that need to, to hear them. And, and Tom, let me ask you a dumb question because it, it, it really is one, you know, you didn't get to where you are without um, climbing a mountain of adversity, a mountain. Tell us a little bit about your way of climbing that mountain and how you achieved the success that you have. It's funny. It's like you don't see the mountain if you put your head down and just keep walking. And I remember early on, I was uh, selling one time in it, um, earlier in, in my life. And I remember a uh, physician who was a client of mine told my boss, he said, I don't know if Tom was the stupidest sales rep I ever met or the most persi- persistent, but he just kept coming back and keep working keeping working hard at it. Um, and he said, then I started to give him a bis- some business and he never went away. And this person became my, my greatest client, my ba- greatest friend there. Um, we did a lot of great things together in surgery um, with, uh, with orthopedics there. And so I think when you said a, a great mountain, I think at times it's only when I look back when I realize what, a, what, how big the mountain was. I think if I had been, Naive enough to look up at the top of the mountain, I um, I wouldn't have started. But the other thing, too, is that I didn't do it alone. There were other people along with me. I didn't want to let them down. Um, they kept me going. You know, that says you're supposed to surround yourself with great people. That means some people that are ahead of you, people that are beside you and people behind you. That's true. And, and Tom, you do have an amazing team of people that are with you. Now, for our listeners, how do you choose a great team to be beside you? I think it's a great of who you want to spend time with. Um, you know, today, there's a lot of problems in the world. 
but there's no better time to be alive. And I always, people say, what's, what's the best business advice you ever got? And I always flip that around and say, well, what's the worst business advice I ever got? And that came from my grandfather. I was leaving to go in the Navy. I was probably uh, 17 years old. Um, and I remember having a beer with my grandpa. He thought it was my first beer ever. And uh, Jim Cunningham was an old Irishman. And he told me, choose carefully who you drink with because you can't choose who you work with. And for him, that was true, right? I mean, he was a mechanic in a small town. You know, if you didn't live within 10 miles of there, you know, you weren't a customer of Cunningham service station. But I started to look at it and it's like, gee, if I, if I don't want to drink with you, I don't, if, if I don't want you in my life, I don't want to work with you either. So a lot of times I look for people. um, The litmus test is, would I want these people around my family? You know, if I wouldn't want you around my family, I sure don't want you around my business. So to me, it's that absolutely true, Tom. And and you know, my history is that in 2003, I was supposed to be dead. I had a, I was told the diagnosis. I had ALS and they said, you've got six months to live. You better get your affairs in order. And, you know, I went through very tough time, a very tough time. I really thought, you know, I was depressed. I was angry. I was mad. I was, you know, I went through all the phases that you go through grief. And, you know, when I went through it at the end, I I wrote a best-selling book in the pandemic called How to Live a Fantastic Life, which was the basis of what I'd learned from my experience. And lo and behold, it became a best-seller in the pandemic of 2020. So, you know, the things that are thrown at us and so on really are, are, are gifts. And because of those gifts, we really uh, find a better way. You know, it's my firm belief. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. What do you think about that? Oh, I totally agree with you on that. And one of the books I read every year at the end of the year is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Okay, I just read the first half of the book, but I I was introduced to that book in um, high school. And it's about a, you know, a, a psychologist that was in um, the Nazi um, extermination camps and to see how he found meaning in that. And every year I read that and it has a different impact on me and as a different point in my life. And I, I agree with you totally. It's, you know, it's not what happens to you. It's how you view it and how you um, how you react to it. I'm going to suggest another book for you because Please. I know you love to read. This is the book I'm currently reading. What Papa Told Me. It's by a beautiful author by the name Felice Cohen. And it's about her father who lived and got through the concentration camps. And it's about his approach to how he did it. Now, it's a very simple read, but it is an amazing read about your, his search for meaning. So I'd suggest that one to you, my friend. Oh, that is wonderful. And those things put put our life in in perspective, right? Uh, a bad day for me is when the internet goes out. A bad day for my grandfather was when he uh, when he uh, buried a child. Uh, you know, I remember one time my my daughter was complaining about how hard her generation had it and how hard it was on. Um, on her as a senior in high school. And I let her vent for a little bit. And I said, you know, um, 
your great grandfather, when he was your age, uh, he didn't finish school. He died on the, the beaches of Normandy. But I can understand how how you've got it harder. She stormed off. She was so mad. And then she came back about 15 or 20 minutes and she said, you know, you're right. You've got to look at the blessings we have and but other you, people you have had it much bad, more. A bad day for you is when the Internet goes out. You know, I I have problems, too, when the Internet goes out. And, and really, we're tied to the Internet. Our lives are tied to the Internet. But that gives me time to do something else that day. So around me, I'm surrounded by numerous projects. So the Internet goes out. I use that as an opportunity to do something else that I could do. And so I find that in my life, it's it's always a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. And like today, for example, we were supposed to be on at nine because of my circumstances. I couldn't be on at nine. But guess what? It really didn't matter at the end of the day. We're still here. We're still communicating. It's still going ahead. And we made it happen. It's that question of, is it happening for me or to me? And it's the same event. It's really how you look at it. Now, Tom, I'm going to take you back a bit, a couple of years. You went through a very interesting past with many careers And I would like you for a moment to think and and tell them how some of those things in the past led to where you are now. I see life as an evolution of you learn things and then go on to apply them to other things. So I never would have guessed when I graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy that I would be where I am right now. Right. I went from being an engineer to running nuclear power plants to working in a, the corporate world, running a sales distributorship, my own company and selling that company and now having interview valet. And it makes it would have made no sense looking forward. But as I look back, it's like the perfect thing where I'm OK. I, I learned processes and systems from uh, from being an engineer. I learned um, sales from my sales career. I learned business from running a distributorship. So it's like almost I look at my life looking back on there as all these little mini apprenticeships that I did that I put together now and. As I look at it now, it's like, I don't think this is the end, right? Uh, I've got decades yet to go, and I know what I'm doing now is going to um, to lead into something else. Uh, so I always uh, look at that optimistically, and I I have talked with other people that were in the, the military, um, and we wondered if we were trained this way or they found us this way. And we thrived in it, right? Because the joke was, is you never got good at a job, right? You you had a job for, you know, nine months, a year. And just about the time you got good at it, maybe about the time you got comfortable at it, boom, you got moved to something else. And so it kept you growing, kept you, um, uh, kept you on your toes and evolving. Sometimes I, I shake my head and say, you know, when people say, well, I've had, uh, you know, 30 years sales experience. And I'm like, really? I got all my sales experience. Like in the first two years, I learned the majority of what I was supposed to learn. And so I looked at that and said, well, have you gotten, you know, 30, two years experience. And have you just been doing it for 30 years? 
I, it's true. And I think, you know, life is an experience. We really have to take advantage of it every step along the way that we take. And as I said, we never know the the wonderful things in our life without the depths of despair. The depths of despair teach us when things are going marvelously. Like today, we talked about how beautiful the weather is and how it's a wonderful summer day. But if you didn't experience the awful cold that we have in winter, would you think today is a beautiful day? Somebody would be grumbling about it. It's funny. We, I think it's because we live through it. You know, we understand the seasons of the year, but we think that because of, um, of, of who we are, that, you know, in our own personal life, every, Every um, day will be spring, right? There's going to be new growth, new growth, new growth. And then all of a sudden we hit a, a dark point and, you know, call it the middle of winter. And then we think, oh, this is going to last forever too. It's like, no, I think, um, I think there's seasons in the year. I think there's seasons in life and, you know, even seasons for, for growth. You know, if you have, uh, what do you call it? If you, if you have unfettered growth, I think, in human terms, that's called cancer, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing that in our personal life. Yeah, you've got to take some time. To, there's a time to grow, a time to stop, um, a time to reflect. And um, unfortunately, um, maybe we only learn that as as we get older and we've seen uh, we've seen more times around the sun. Well, the wisdom of gray temples is always amazing. (laughs) One thing I'm always amazed about as I've grown older is how time goes more quickly. I mean, in the old days, when I was a child, you'd get a summer vacation and it would seem to last forever. Now I blink and a month is gone. I blink and two months are gone. And the time just keeps speeding up. It does. But the one thing I love about it is the definition of old keeps changing for me. So I remember I was born in 1965 and I can still remember in second grade uh, having to do a math problem of how old will you be in at the year 2000. And I came up with the number 35 and I thought, oh my gosh, I'll be old. I'll be dead by then. And now I look at it. It's like, wow, I, I've got my energy. I'm more excited about the future and what's to happen uh, than I am about the past. And um, I think uh, that tends to keep me young. Well, you know, because of my past, I, I think of every day I'm given is just another golden day. It's a bonus day. I mean, I was supposed to be dead in 2003. So every day I'm on this planet, I'm able to do another thing, another thing to help people along, another thing, another way to do God's will, so to speak, another way to help to make this planet a better place. And my God, does it need a lot of help right now? It does. And it, it needs us to go out there and do it. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, that, uh, these are scary times and, you know, there's, there's new diseases and all the rest of that. And I always want to be conscious of that, you know, and take the precautions. But, um, uh, I also want to put them in perspective that, uh, I still want to live my life. You know, my goal is not to live forever, but to have the best life while I'm living. And I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do stupid things. Um, but, uh, I'm also not going to, to lock myself up in my house, um, 
in, in hopes that uh, I'll, I'll be safe, right? Because uh, I'll, I'll probably get over, overweight and have a heart attack a whole lot quicker. Well, that's absolutely true. And I think we have to live our lives the way we want to the best we can, but we have to do it with principles that we think are best. And I've always thought a person should have a list of their life of non-negotiables, things that they won't negotiate on. Like for me, I try to exercise every day. And my family is on that list of non-negotiables of things that they take precedence to everything else. And those are my non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables? You know, it's easy. It's interesting that you asked that. Um, I had a friend that I went through high school with. And when we were in the corporate grind, uh, we would call back and forth and we would talk about retirement and, you know, how many days to retirement. And one of the things that struck us was that if we were around the house that much, our wives would kill us and our golf games were really bad. So we decided that retirement for us was going to be fun things with interesting people and write it all off as a business expense. Well, Brian uh, died, passed away suddenly of, uh, uh, of liver cancer. But when I turned 50, I started to think about it and I'm like, I'm going to retire. So I'm only going to do fun things with interesting people and write it off as a business expense. So I still want it to be profitable because, you know, as I'm blessed, I can bless other people with that, but I've got those, um, that check marks or that litmus test. Is this fun? Um, is it people that I want to work with? And if it's not, I'm going to pass and say, no, thank you. You know, it's, it's not, it could be a great opportunity, but it's not one for me. Um, there's another sort of litmus test I look at, um, Derek Sivers, uh, who was the founder of CD Baby, which is the precursor to iTunes. Uh, he wrote a book and I always loved the title of it. And it was heck yes or no. And he said in life, there was always two answers, heck yes or no. And the more you said that, the more clarity you got. So if, if I'm offered an opportunity, I look that in my gut and say, is this something I really, really want to do? And if not, I'll pass, pass on it. Um, so those are sort of my litmus tests, my gut checks that I use. Now, Tom, I'm going to ask another provoking question. And that is if you met a younger version of yourself today, what advice would you give that person? There's so many things. First, I would probably slap them upside the head and say, listen to me, this is important because when I was 20 years old, I knew everything. Um, the older I get, the think the less I know. But with that too, I think um, the things I would say is life is short. It doesn't benefit you or the world to play small and to take chances. The downside today is amazing, right? Um, we're, we all fear things, right? I, I, I fear, what if I call and they don't pick up? What if I ask and they say no? Um, what if I start this business and it doesn't work out? You think about the downside of that. All three things that I said there have very, very little downside, right? It's really not a risk and the fear that we put in our mind, um, is, is self-imposed, right? It's if the business doesn't work out, I can get a job. If I write the book and, um, and, and people don't like it, 
that's okay, right? Um, you could use that book for kindling in the winter. So all of those things that um, uh, be bold and take chances um, and uh, and play bigger because the world isn't doesn't benefit and you don't benefit from playing small. You know, that, those are exactly perfect, good words of advice, Tom. And I think that's, that's truly amazing. So let me, let me ask you just a couple more questions. We're getting close to our time here. Uh, Interview Valet is an amazing prospect. Tell our listeners more about that, just in case they would like to learn more. So we believe that obscurity is your biggest problem. Now there's, thousands, maybe millions of people that you could help right now. The only thing that's stopping them is they don't know you exist. And there's a lot of people out there saying, you need to break through the noise. Do you ever notice that the people are telling you to break through the noise are the same ones that are selling you the megaphones and we're all just yelling louder and nobody's getting heard. Our viewpoint is, is that you could help a lot of people if you could get heard. So let's get in on the conversations that people are already listening to. Now, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, right? I can't travel all over the world, especially during uh, last year with COVID, but I can still reach people through podcast interviews. So since 2015, we've been helping authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, and brands get on targeted podcast interviews where they can tell their message and they can grow their brand and their business. And um, it's something that we're passionate about. We have now grown to a team of 35 um, in Europe and North America. And, you know, if I can be of service to anyone, please just, you know, feel free to come back to interviewvalet.com. Cool, Tom. You know, Tom, our time has flown by. Again, I don't know where it went. And I really have to thank you for being my guest today. It truly was a, an amazing experience, as it is every time we get together. And uh, when we're in the neck of the woods together, we certainly must meet for coffee or or a meal when we're crossing paths, as we inevitably will in the near future. I, I look forward to that, Dr. Leica. And thank you for what you do. Uh, you know, I've been on over 1,200 podcast interviews and people say, why don't you have your own podcast? And I'm like, because it's a lot of work, right? The people that make it look easy, um, you know, um, there's a lot of work that goes back behind that. So thank you for all you do, who you are, and putting in that uh, the work uh, to make this possible. You know, I'm going to come back at you. You know, I don't consider this work anymore. I consider this play. I consider this something that is really, again, there is a lot of work around the background and so on, but I have an amazing team that helped me with that. But also, I considered this so much fun because I get to meet such inter- interesting people. And I also get to spread Good news around the world, which again, this world is sordidly lacking it right now. Well, continue on, and I look forward to meeting you in real life uh, the next time our paths cross. Just before we pause, Tom, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, please like it on whatever platform you're on, and please, please send a couple of comments on it because that helps us to get this out to more listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Leica. Thank you, sir. Have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. 
Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day. Thank you.